It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. After waking up to temperatures in the upper 30s and low to mid 40s, we'll warm up well into the 70s this afternoon. Wall-to-wall sunshine expected through the morning hours and through the afternoon. For tonight, temperatures dipping only into the 40s under a mostly clear sky. And for your Tuesday, a mix of sun and clouds, high temperatures in the upper 60s and lower 70s. We will see rain chances returning by Wednesday, drying out by Thursday. Well, it looks like the fog is pretty much burned off at this point. We have 46 in Lynchburg, 43 in Bedford, 41 in Salem and Roanoke, 42 in Danville, and 46 in Appomattox. You make the toast. We'll bring the jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. You know, well, I'm a chicken fry. A cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio well, you got to love some Zach Brown on a Monday morning. You know who doesn't love Zach Brown is apparently Canada. What the heck is going on with Canada? Uh, Zach Brown band got turned away at the uh, Canadian border. Shorey. And mm. a- apparently they they play a lot in Canada. Uh, so they're not performing in uh, Vancouver as they were scheduled. And they shared a statement. The Grammy-winning group said they were forced to cancel their show hours before it was scheduled. That's going to be some angry Canadians. Yeah. We're sorry to announce that we will not be able to perform in Vancouver. Our Canadian fans are incredible. We would love nothing more than to share an evening of music together. They explained that some of the crew members had charges on their records from over a decade ago that have since been removed... And here's the thing. Their team has performed in Canada for 10 years, and they've done two performances in this year alone. Now, Mike Norfield, who's sitting in today co-hosting, uh, you said there's a comedian that talks about this. Yeah, there's a comedian. I don't even, I don't remember his name. Burt K. something. He's a comedian. Kreischer. Burt Kreischer. I knew you would know. Great Great yeah, so, comedian. And he talks about, you know, going through through um, in an RV and, and they had drugs on the bus like marijuana or something. And he's oh, like, you know, freaking out because they, they, they pulled him over to inspect him and, and they're going through and, and walking through. And he's like, yeah. And so I, I was like joking with the guy and he was a fan and all that stuff. And they just let us through, you know. And you're like, there's no way that that getting into Canada can just be based on like who's working that shift. right? And, and whether or not they're a fan. Right. And and but with with this, like, you know, <laughs> maybe I mean, so he must not like chicken fried. I don't know. Maybe but, they don't like their chicken fried. I mean, this is like worse than our border. What is going on? Or cold beer on a Friday night. Yeah. Absolutely. The group said every time they've traveled to Canada, they've been at the mercy of a single border agent, which is what your comedian guy said. Right. And, and, you know, my thing is, it's like, Zach Brown, like, he it's not like he started doing this last year, right? Exactly. And if it, they play in Canada all the time, do they not have a thing with immigration? Like, hey, like, a, a hey, we're coming. Hey, we've got a whole team. And, and we've got and, this issue. And who goes, like, so if I fly out of Lynchburg, right, there's, there's only like a half a gate. So, right. like, you know, it's not even <laughs> like there's a selection. So I'm still at the airport like 45 minutes before... I'm supposed to be just to in case I you know getting through security like you know the two people looking such at as, you as you such as through. it is right and both so, of whom you probably know so they're going to play in in Canada and where they've already played twice this year right and and they're just going through a couple hours before the show like well and not only know. that so let's let's think about that for a minute so you have a venue in Canada right counting on this group right. their headliner right to play and I guarantee you there's a there's 
uh, uh, some kind of clause in it that, you know, if they can't get there because of some right. thing out of their control, that they don't have to pay for the venue and, and that venue's not getting paid. There's tens of thousands of people right. who are going to be really annoyed with you. You're oh, going to yeah. have to refund all that money. Right. I mean, this has real economic impact. It does. It does. And not insignificant. Should one barter, border guard have that kind of power? Well, I mean, it, it's it's just kind of crazy. So it's... it's uh, So... So the group says every time they travel to Canada, they've been at the mercy of a single border agent who decides who's allowed in to work. And unfortunately, they they were like, yep, you can't, you know, these guys aren't going to be able to come in. Uh, Zach Brown said, we are a family tribe. We stick together. We support each other as a band. Uh, you know, we show up with excitement, professionalism. Uh, we play where we're welcome and appreciated. And we are so sorry that we can't be there. Now, a source shared more details of what happened, saying that Zach and his band and crew were detained in Vancouver for two hours because a few of his crew members had infractions that had been expunged years and years ago. He refused to leave his crew members behind because they're like family, so the show got canceled. He's very upset. He says they're like family. The band also announced that the Vancouver show had been uh, canceled, the country rock group. Currently on the road through November, uh, they kicked off a series of shows in Greenville, South Carolina, and then uh, then moved on to Canada. Then they're scheduled in in uh, Portland, Oregon. Although, God help you, <laughs> you're probably friendlier in Canada, probably, than to go to to Portland. So my favorite Zach Brown story was a guy that I worked with, who, I mean, I wouldn't say he's clueless, but okay, uh, he me. was. <laughs> Say the same thing. You know him though. Okay. He was selling a, a mandolin, and this guy called. And then this guy called. You know, this Zach Brown guy called me and wanted to look at my mandolin. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Excuse me. Excuse me. Go yeah. back. Rewind. Yeah. And and they were playing in the area, and I'm like, it's Zach Zach Brown. Right. It's Zach Brown, and all he does is like um, bluegrass stuff. So he has no idea who right. Zach Brown is. Right. And I'm giving him so much grief because I can't believe and and playing him, uh, Zach Brown. But he just he had no idea. And that's when he was at like the top everything yeah. yep. uh, of his game there. So I don't know. It was pretty uh, pretty interesting. So probably not going to be playing in Canada anytime soon. I think Canada is giving way too much uh, stuff to their border guards there. I don't. I don't. Yeah, think and that's and part good. of me kind of feels like you know Zach Brown letting his fans down because he didn't want to leave his crew member behind. But you and I have done events. And we know that when, and, and, and not a concert, like, you know, like that. But, I've done a lot of concerts, but, but I mean, but, but we, you can't leave your peeps but behind together. We've done like dinners for like entire, <laughs> like hundreds and hundreds of people and, and a lot of moving parts. And in fact, we did two events back to back. Right. That were completely different, different venues, different setups, yeah. different dress codes, everything. And we did all that. And if we had one of our one team members, person gone, yeah, we, we wouldn't be able to do it. So and I kind of get where he's musicians. like, I'm not leaving. Oh, yeah. Because because we've served on a praise team together. So we're going to let everybody in the group in except your sound guy. Right. Well, you may as well get rid of the lead guitar player or the lead vocalist because they're every bit as important as everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, they play the they play the loudest instrument. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And you better be nice to them because if you it's, don't, you know, yep. they'll they'll turn your mic off. And That's you, right. Or you sing in the dark. None of it's good. Right. So we have a story out of, um, this actually is in Virginia. Now, we talked a little bit about 
RSV. And we've got an update on on some of those things that you need to be looking for because there is a big uptick in RSV symptoms in children and and some people are missing it. And so their kids are getting quite ill and they're even having to be hospitalized because they're they're letting it go. They're thinking it's a regular cold or, or something like that. And it's not. There's something a lot more to it. This is kind of a mystery at a Virginia high school, um, Stafford High School. A thousand students and some staff members last week called out sick with flu-like symptoms and stomach pains. What the heck is going on there? What that's that's amazing to me that there's a thousand kids that could call out sick and it wasn't all of them. Because I'm used to and schools I'm, here where it's like, schools. our school got up to a thousand kids this year. Wow. Like all six grades. Yeah. But, when I, when I graduated, it was like a, a class of 75 kids. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that would be pretty unusual, but a huge Was that uh, a little house school. on the prairie? Sorry. Couldn't help No, it. it was Riverheads High School. Okay. Thank you very much over okay. in the Valley. Uh, Principal Alan Hicks sent out a letter to parents on a Friday alerting them with what they were just calling an illness outbreak so not covid right uh investigating the symptoms working with the health department trying to get to the root of the illness see to me that's scarier than well then if you know what it is at least you know what you're dealing with right even covid at this point right even covid and and my thing is is these kids what we've had covid around for 85 years no 100 Uh, years something i don't know i've aged 15 years during covid but right um so like the last two three years we've we've had covid and like these kids like they literally didn't go to school and and it has been drilled into them you know sneeze into your elbow right you wash your hands wear a mask if you're sick all that stuff how did this spread so Mm -hmm. easily unless they're just well, you, know. you hope it is, but I mean, people, I was, I was in a store last week, people are coughing and sneezing and carrying on, just oh saying act like COVID never happened. Right. So a lot of people are not doing the things that they should be doing precautionary. They're not washing their hands as much. They're not using the hand sanitizer. If they have symptoms, they're not throwing a mask on. Look, a mask may not help a lot with COVID, but it will certainly help with things like RSV and flus and things like that. Well, they're just a good idea in general. Just, you know, mm-hmm. keeping all the keeping all the boogers in. Stop. So. Oh, Lord. Don't so. make me get the and, hook. I and, will do it. And let's be honest with a, a lot of people that, that we see out in public, sometimes a mask would help us if they just wore it. So. <laughs> aesthetically pleasing oh, wow so. did you take your meds this morning i did okay they're kicking in all right he said the school did not anticipate closing the building um they will continue students will be given apple ample time to make up missed work when they return to school the high school's custodial staff are scheduled to conduct an extensive and thorough wipe down of the entire building uh they did that over the the weekend they're also using electrostatic cleaning yeah mm. I don't know what that is. Sounds so electric static is um, one. Well, one of the things that that electric static can apply to is uh, we had um, when when COVID hit our office in October of 2020, um, we had an exposure in our office. I was the only lucky one that got it, um, but we actually had somebody come through with an electrostatic fogger and put oh. a disinfectant fog through the entire building. Um, it was very cool to watch for the 30 seconds before I ran before the fumes got me. Um, but so so was it actually so it like it, fumes? Well, or? it spreads it into a like a fine mist because it's using you know. Okay. So that's one of the things that could be something else as well, but um, that's what I'm familiar with. It but. makes a boogie woogie woogie sound. Yes. Because it's foggy. Yeah. 
Okay. The electric slide. Boogie woogie. Okay, stop it. <sighs> um, you got to start locking your door. I know, I do, or at least the microphones. Right. High school custodial staff were uh, scheduled to, to get that done. Hopefully, they'll get ahead of it. I don't know uh, what's going on with that, but it's we need to stuff. watch our kids. If you see them uh, getting ill, definitely pay attention. We'll be back with the things you need to look for with uh, RSV and uh, the very long pause in the Biden interview when asked what Jill Biden thought about Joe running again. We'll be back with that here on the Morning Jam. It's the rebirth of Common Sense Talk Radio. Sense Talk Radio. The Morning Jam. Hungry for some truth with a side of common sense? You want answers? Then you found the right choice. We are the Morning Jam. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a good one so far. We're glad you're joining us. Our toll-free number is 866-916-3776. We're going to be talking Biden here in just a couple of minutes. We did want to follow up with the RSV story, though, because a lot of children are coming down with these RSV symptoms. And as a parent, you really need to, or a grandparent, you really need to be aware of those because a lot of these kids are actually ending up in the hospital because they're, uh, the symptoms start out looking like a common cold. You get a runny nose, their appetite kind of goes away, coughing, sneezing, fever. Uh, young infants may seem only irritable or lethargic, and maybe they're struggling with breathing a little bit. Not every child will have every potential RSV symptoms. They say fevers are hit or miss, so if they don't have a fever, don't assume that it's not RSV, uh, especially in young infants. Parents need to watch for any changes in behavior if they're taking longer to eat or if they're not interested in food, uh, if they develop a cough, maybe a little bit of, of wheezing. Uh, it's also important to watch for signs that your child is struggling to breathe or breathing uh, with their ribs or belly uh, more so than than uh, with their lungs. Um, that can be a sign. Uh, since it's not easy to tell the difference between respiratory illnesses like, say, RSV and flu, it's good to take a sick child to a pediatrician who can run tests to pinpoint the cause. Uh, you probably are going to want to take that baby uh, to be evaluated sooner rather than later. And they say parents should be especially cautious if their children are preemies, newborns, children with weakened immune systems, uh, those under the age of two with chronic lung or heart conditions, and uh, parents should be really astute to any changes that they see at all. There are treatments that they can do. Uh, as far as when to go to the hospital, your pediatrician will check the respiratory rate and their oxygen levels. They're really the only ones who are going to be able to to do that effectively, but uh, the best way to prevent RSV infections is, again, what we were just talking about, teach your kids to cough and sneeze into a tissue or into their elbows rather than their hands, keep frequently touched surfaces clean. Uh, if caregivers or an older sibling is sick, uh, they should wear a mask around other people and wash their hands frequently. RSV is no joke. It is really, really a serious thing, especially for for little ones so just be aware that we are seeing a resurgence of that and then as far as the story out of northern virginia um they don't even they haven't even identified what that is yet so they're they're not even sure exactly what's going on uh with that story 
So, uh, we have President Biden back in the news and a pretty lengthy wait when it came to uh, an interview where he was asked in the interview if First Lady Jill Biden would support him when running for office again in 2024. This, I mean, people made a big deal out of it on social media. I'm not so sure this one is as big a deal as people are making it out to be. We'll let you be the judge of that. The reason I'm not making a judgment about formally running or not running, once I make that judgment, a whole series of regulations kick in. And I have to be, I treat myself as a candidate from that moment on. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh. Dr. Biden thinks that, uh, my wife thinks that, uh, that I, uh, that, that, we're, that we're doing something very important and that I shouldn't walk away from it. Okay. So if you watch this, somebody pointed out, if you're watching it, like his eyes are literally closed when he's answering this question. Now, you think there's something else going on here. So I, th- I think this is like, you know, and, and like he said, it, as soon as he, you know, if he says, well, I intend to run too many times, it's I'm running. And right. then campaign, everything changes. Yeah, here we like, go. Everything changes. Now, let's let's take this. Let's say that it's not politics and it's just an interview of something and asking a question. Well, what does your wife think? Somebody asked me what my wife thinks. And I'm, gonna, I'm thinking happy wife, happy life. Um so I don't want to necessarily speak for her, especially the Bidens who are like very much like, oh, well, she's, you know, Dr. Biden. She's independent. She's you know, thinks for herself. And, you know, they're asking, like, well, what does your wife think of this? And, and it's almost like he's hesitant to speak on her behalf just because <laughs> of their dynamic. And, and do you really think that's what it I, is? I think that's part of it. Okay. So I think that's part of it. And like I said, I deal with seniors every day. So like right. I see that's I right. see a lot of dementia and, and, and things like that. And this, like, I, I don't know. All like, right. So let's talk about that for a minute. Sure. If you're just joining us, uh, Mike Norfield is a friend of mine. I asked him to come in and, and uh, fill in co-host duties today. He runs Visiting Angels. He co-owns that with his father. And uh, they've been in the Lynchburg area for about six years now. So you've dealt with a lot of older folks a lot of dementia yeah so you probably have more experience than the average bear i do i do and and you've got so you have dementia and alzheimer's things like that right you also just have the natural progression of as you get older your brain kind of slows down without dementia like your your thought process and Mm -hmm. things and i i almost you know i'm kind of torn on this one because like the way his face was it was kind of like um i don't want to say the wrong thing and, and have to sleep on the white house couch is she tonight. gonna kill me i don't know right, right okay you know or then again think of the pressure of literally everybody in the world is watching him do this and somebody's asking but you, he's well, been what doing this for 50 years I get that. doesn't mean he's good at it but. so well true he's so, never been good at it so do you think he's dealing with dementia um i don't think he is just because with the amount of doctors and things that they have um, that are that are seeing him like there's lots of tests, cognitive tests and things like that. Right. And, you know, but they won't release those. You know, that's true. But then again, you also look at like, you know, I'm probably, some of the stuff he's done, though. My so, good Lord. It's so bad. Right. But you had you also had like Ronald Reagan dealt with some of that at the end of his life. too. Right. And, and, you know, now that I think about it, like, well, how much of that did, did was there anything there before he was out of office and did they hide it? And are they doing the same thing here or is it just right? 
you know. Well, I mean, part of it is I think he's he's just a loose cannon. He's always been a loose cannon. Yeah. He was a loose cannon in the 90s when he said Haiti could fall off the face of the earth and no one right. would care. And when he said into an open mic, this is a big deal. Like, this is a big, big effing deal. Right. Right. Um, I wasn't sure I could trust myself there. So. Okay. Well, good job. A good catch. Pretty. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, they also uh, ask, uh, of course, Biden has referred to Georgia's election system as uh, Jim Crow 2.0. So sometimes he he does he makes comments like that. I'll be googling that one when we're that done. is just like crazy. Now Georgia is uh, asking Biden and Abrams just how many records they need to break uh, as far as registering voters to get an apology for that comment. So probably a few. Probably they're never going to get a they're never going to get an apology for that one. I don't think. Yeah. I think that's interesting that you don't think he has. So dementia I, it would actually be kinder if if we thought he did have and not that he was just right right but i i don't know like you know the the implications of having someone in charge of a country and a government um now granted there's checks and balances all that but you know that that for certain things that doesn't really mean much mm-hmm. um you know but the the implications that there are are people out there that are actually let that happen like that's just kind of scary well, to me but, but then they it is scary yeah. and i think we're in a kind of a scary place midterms are literally just days away at this point uh biden is warning that republicans will tear down all of his accomplishments if they win in the midterms that could be the biggest endorsement of gop candidates yet we'll talk about that in the next half hour and uh, we've got wdbj7 on the way with some headlines from uh, Kimberly McBroom. Also, your forecast, which is much warmer this uh, this week, so that it's going to be much more pleasant than it was last week. Temperatures in the 70s, overnight lows in the 50s, so not too bad. We'll take a look at that coming up. Thanks so much for joining us on The Morning Jam. Mike Norfield, our uh, special co-host this morning, doing a great job. We appreciate you joining us here on The Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. After waking up to temperatures in the upper 30s and low to mid 40s, we'll warm up well into the 70s this afternoon. Wall-to-wall sunshine expected through the morning hours and through the afternoon. For tonight, temperatures dipping only into the 40s under a mostly clear sky. And for your Tuesday, a mix of sun and clouds, high temperatures in the upper 60s and lower 70s. We will see rain chances returning by Wednesday, drying out by Thursday. Currently 45 degrees in Bedford, 48 in Lynchburg, 44 in Roanoke, Danville, and Salem, and 48 in Appomattox. Well, most of the time, firefighters are rushing to put on their gear to hop on a fire truck and help their community. But on Saturday, firefighters did that for fun in Amherst County. The Amherst Fire Department held a friendly firefighter competition at the Amherst County Fair on Saturday. And they were joined by the Lovingston Volunteer Fire Department, Piney River Fire Department, and Mon Ellison Fire Department. Teams consisted of two firefighters from the same department. When the clock started, firefighters had to suit up in full personal protective equipment including air mask and tanks. Next, one team member had to open a forceful entry door while the other grabbed a water hose. And then after the door was uh, pried open, firefighters charged through the 
through with a hose and tools. Finally, one firefighter would put out a fake fire and the other had to rescue the victim, a weighted dummy. All this had to be done while breathing on an air tank. The team that won the competition finished with a time of approximately one minute and 30 seconds. According to the rankings, they are uh, below. Coming in at number four was Mont Ellison, then followed by three, Piney River, number two, Lovingston, and number one, Amherst Fire Department's team, Justin Ware and uh, Josh Conalosi. I hope I said that right. On uh, last Monday, on Monday, October 17th, just before 3 a.m., a fire broke out in an Appomattox family home. However, a 12-year-old woke up to the fire and saved the lives of her family. Cool. The middle schooler is Analasia. I think I said the name right. And the Appomattox Volunteer Fire Department has awarded her with the Civilian Meritus Service Commendation for her brave actions. Firefighters say they arrived at the house in the 10,000 block of Stonewall Road when they found it completely engulfed in flames and the family out safe. Crews reported that they worked outside to attack the burning home at first before going inside to fight the fire. Crews were on the scene for two and a half hours. The Appomattox Volunteer Fire Department says the home is at a total loss and the family is being assisted by the Red Cross. But, uh, you know, that's the benefit of having a, uh, a fire plan. So, shout out to her for, uh, you know, putting her actions in. Wait, I assume waking up the family and getting them Doing alert. the right thing. Yep. Did a good job. Always have a fire plan. The COVID-19 vaccine will not be added to Virginia's list of required school immunizations in the immediate future, but it could happen down the road depending on the action of lawmakers and state regulators. That, according to the Virginia Department of Health, earlier this week, an advisory committee to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention voted unanimously to add the COVID-19 vaccine to the 23 childhood and adult immunization schedules. A press release emphasize that the CDC only makes recommendations, whereas school entry vaccination requirements must be determined by state or local jurisdictions. Governor Glenn Youngkin has been a vocal opponent of COVID-19 vaccine mandates. In a tweet on Thursday, Youngkin said COVID-19 mandates should be in our rear view mirror. The decision to vaccinate a child against COVID is for the parents to make about what's best for them and their family. We will not adhere to these CDC government mandates in Virginia parents matter efforts are being made in roanoke to get more girls involved in construction the construction company the branch group gathered dozens of young girls in the roanoke valley for a hands-on construction experience the branch group says only about 14 percent of people in the construction industry are women but they're hoping to change that they hosted the inaugural girls in real life which also is the acronym GIRL, so that's creative. Construction events, Saturday, October 22nd, so last Saturday, to allow girls ages 5 through 18 to learn more about opportunities in the construction field. That's a, a pretty great event. The branch group says the construction industry is facing a worker shortage of 650000 this year, and they're hoping to fill more positions by getting more women involved starting at a young age. So, uh, you know, pretty cool event. That happened. That was hands-on. You know, construction and STEM is a big issue right now. You know, trying to get women involved in, in STEM. So, uh, shout out to them for uh, having this event this past weekend. Seems like it was well-received. We want to uh, offer our congratulations going out to the Liberty football team. That was a big win on uh, Saturday. Had some folks showing up late, but boy, were they jacked when they got there. They didn't take the goalpost down like Tennessee did. Well, they were behaving a little bit better than the the people of my home state apparently 
So uh, that was a big, big win. Dominant and, win. Yeah. And they sold out for the first time ever at the stadium, right? The Williams stadium. Well, you know what? They didn't disappoint, did Over, they? Wow. I think, I think um, Alan York said on the radio broadcast, uh, 23 over 23,000 people there. 24,012, yep. the largest crowd in Williams Stadium history. Might wow. get beat in two weeks, three weeks when the when the Hokies come into town. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> That's adorable. Anyway, uh, with no, the- I meant the no, 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 not <laughs> Liberty gets beat. I'm saying that record will get beat. Oh, the record will get beat. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were throwing not, some shade at Liberty. I'm not putting I, my, I was like, what's going on? I here? mean, I am a tech graduate, and but I am not putting my their offense is Tech's offense is bad. I'm not putting faith in Tech right his, now. His dog's name is Hokey, so not that he's you know he's a graduate. Not okay. that he's a, yeah. I thought you were talking about them beating Liberty, but I mean their team. I, I it's a good football. It team. Seems like they're really killing it right By now. By week this week and then a tough test at Arkansas in uh, two weeks. So mm. we'll see how they do. We shall see. So uh, we got some folks uh, weighing in. We were talking about the, the dementia thing. Um, listeners have a definite opinion about that. If you have one, call us 866-916-3776. Now, our uh, co-host today, uh, Mike Norfield, says he doesn't think that it's necessarily dementia. I don't, because Biden has always kind of talked like this, and it's not a big. We were talking about this during the break. It's well, not he's a big always said change. he's always said stupid things, but he's never called out dead people before. Right. He's never shaken hands with people that weren't there. So there are some things he never had to be led off by a giant Easter bunny before. Did you miss that one? I missed that one. Yeah, at the Easter egg roll, he was. They were asking him about. Um, foreign policies and he started answering and the easter bunny was like no 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 over here over here mr president so it does seem like because my thing is they're going to start hiding mascots everywhere well my thing is is what what secret service agent drew the short straw and had to wear the bunny suit that day seriously that's what we said we've been in organizations where somebody got the short straw and had to wear the bunny suit but but we have we've had listeners who said you know uh when his eyes go empty and he loses his thoughts um she she said that it it looked this listener said it looks just like her her parents did and i will confess occasionally i will see one i'll see an expression or something on his face that reminds me of of the things that we dealt with with dad so i i mean who who knows uh joe biden did argue on friday that the gop does not have a plan to address america's economic concerns and says that uh, the Republicans are going to come back and roll back Democratic initiatives intended to lower costs if they win back the Congress in the midterm elections. He said the only platform they have is to tear down what I've been able to do. Well, you've destroyed our economy, <laughs> Joe. So <laughs> I think I think that would be a good start is stopping your agenda for the lack of energy independence that we have. I mean, you were... Of course, people around the world are suffering. You were talking about your aunt who's still in right. in England. Yep. She and sold her car. She, she sold her car. She would typically get, um, she didn't do a lot of driving. She, you know, the public transportation over there is so good. Um, when it was nice out, she would literally walk to work. Um, she worked right. at the senior center. So 
um, like a like a what we call an assisted living here. So, uh-huh. um, you know, she it got to the point where the gas got so expensive. She's just like, it's just not worth it for the amount of driving I do. And now, what, how much is is gas there? I mean, is it is it more than what we're dealing with here? So it's roughly about the same price here, except they do it by the liter, not the gallon. So okay. you're looking at three to four times more than what we pay here. So just comparable. They, they measure okay. different. Yeah. Okay. So much more expensive there. Who do we have on the line? We got Dale. All right. Good morning, Dale. Well, you called it. I have to call in about uh, uh, my father-in-law passed a couple years ago, and and it's a lot like what Biden's doing, getting angry over simple little things, mm. uh, calling people by wrong names. I mean, how many times has Joe called uh, his wife the VP or Camel Toe, call her the uh, his, like his eyes are vacant, and I, if you listen to some of his speeches and talks, and, and even when he was Obama in OA for the primary, he was very clear and lucid. He spoke much faster cadence. Mm. He wasn't slow, and he wasn't mispronouncing things. Yeah, he said words that aren't even words now. Uh, sort of like my son-in-law. My father now has it pretty much. They haven't diagnosed it, but I guess. And it's all the same earmarks of what I've seen of people that were diagnosed with dementia. Yeah. He, he's changed a lot in, in, in less than 10 years. All you have to do is go back and listen to some of his speeches. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was always dumb. Yes, he was always wrong. But he spoke like a normal person. Clearly, he wasn't mispronouncing words like he always is. You know, you listen to Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins in the afternoon. They're always replaying things he said. It's, right. Hilarious! The things he says in the article here, they're not words like not nah. Well, that's true. I, I, they he, try to diagnose. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does. He does do that. I mean, he he'll put he'll do half of a sentence that's incoherent, and then he'll go into a different thought. So that yeah, you're right about that. Thanks for calling in, Dale. Now, Mike, you were talking. We were talking off the air, right? About how people the age of our president are unemployable, right? Um, I mean, you know, if if someone Joe Biden's age went out and wanted to get a job and, and especially one where they were kind of in control of the company. And, and I'm not, not talking a like high a high pressure, like a, I'm not talking like a CEO of a big company where that kind of does happen. Cause it's all kind of about who you are and which, and it's a figurehead, yeah. but like someone to do, to do like, you know, hard, stressful work. Your, your prime candidate is not going to be, how old is Joe Biden? 70, He's getting ready to turn 80. Turn, uh, getting ready to turn, I was going to say 78. So I went too far off. Yeah. So getting ready to turn 80, like 80 year olds, you know, that's not typically someone that you're going after for a prime position like this. Why do we, you know, the, the age Why is that our option? The age requirement to be president is 35. Why do we feel like we have to just exceed and double that every single time? So And it and it's always seems like uh, well, except for um except for Obama. Yeah, Obama was younger. Was younger. Was younger. And then uh, and then of course Clinton was younger and and even uh Bush too younger but for the most part we end up with these you know old, i mean bernie sanders for peace I mean, sake yeah bernie he's run for president what, 62 times no. something like that um, it feels like more but yeah, yeah no so, but i mean you've got you've got a lot of these and a, a lot of them are, are like joe biden like they served in you know government right for, you know 40 some years and then it's like oh well they're the perfect fit because they know how the government works things like that well they know how it worked in you know the 50s right. you know technology is completely different i mean and even we, their records their records flip-flop so much i mean the things that he voted for 
when he was first in office, right. completely contradictory right. to what and, he's doing now. And now, granted, I know people change, but again, like the world has changed way more than you than your opinions have as as a politician, right? Because basically, what it comes your down core to is, should be pretty much the we, same. We have these politicians that get in for a lifetime and, and their main product becomes votes like it's not to how do get i stay in office and, and help yeah mm-hmm. it's you know um you know i wouldn't want a job where i had to renegotiate every four years or right. every two years exactly you know? exactly well uh, to his point uh he, there were a lot of articles this weekend talking about his history especially lately of berating and scolding and insulting reporters and calling them names and getting angry really easily so i don't know there may be something to that it's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're located on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg, cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day and working very hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. Also, they're taking orders now for corporate turkeys, hams, that kind of thing. You can call 434-846-7448, speak to Todd Ramsey directly, and he'll make sure that that's taken care of. It's going to be better to get them earlier than later with uh, supply chains the way they are right now. Today's recipe is for a fall salad that's going to be perfect since our temperatures are going to be up into the 70s. You're still going to get all that fall flavor since apples are in. I like to use, with this particular recipe, um, I like to use a honey crisp. Uh, with this one. Uh, Fuji's are also really delicious, but whatever your apple of choice is, uh, this is going to be a delicious meal for you this week. You're going to start by uh, getting six cups of your mixed greens of choice, uh, one apple that you're going to dice up, one pear that you're going to dice up, a third of a cup of craisins, and uh, some salted pecans and blue cheese. And you're going to mix your, uh, your, make your salad up. Uh, I like to reserve the uh, blue cheese and the pecans for after I put the dressing on, but you do you. Uh, We're going to make a honey mustard dressing to go with this salad. It's a half cup of olive oil, a fourth of a cup of fresh lime juice, two tablespoons of honey, a teaspoon of Dijon mustard, a teaspoon of salt, and a half teaspoon of pepper. Mix that really, really well, and right before you serve this salad up, you're going to drizzle that across, put on your, your Uh, craisins and your blue cheese and salted pecans and you are good to go want to see that recipe go to facebook type in janet's five and dine you'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share brought to you by fnl market where their meats are cut above the definition of the word jam to pack something tightly a machine seizing or becoming stuck a sweet preserve made from fruit a common sense radio talk show the morning jam I come from a long line of Southern cooks, and one thing my mama always told me was ingredients matter. That's why I trust the experienced butchers at FNL Market, Lynchburg's only locally and family-owned independent grocery store. Their staff cuts and grinds fresh meats daily and will offer you the personal service you desire for everyday meals or special occasions. This week at FNL, save on sirloin tip roast, $3.98 a pound. Whole boneless pork loins are $2.69 a pound and sliced for free. Family pack boneless pork chops are $2.98 a pound. And leg quarters are $6.80 for a 10-pound bag. Sign up to be a VIP Savings Club member. Text FL Market to 833-605-1804. Join the VIP Text Club for exclusive deals and flash sales. 
Stop by FNL Market today, 2517 Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg. Their meat is a cut above. The Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. Good morning, guys. Thanks for joining us this morning on The Morning Jam. We've had uh, Mike Norfield in with us today. been having fun uh, with him. Now, we were talking about how difficult it is for people as they get older to get a job, but you did some research. So I was looking for some statistics to talk about, you know, politicians getting in, you know, 70, 80 years old, being these high-pressure, stress jobs. I was like, let me see what this, see if I can find some, some yeah, facts. Sure. Or, or at least some facts that people think they're facts and put them online right um, exactly that's my, not wikipedia my search uh twisted on me and there are a lot of um sites, job sites out there. for hey if you're over 50 apply here these are these companies looking for you 60 <laughs> 70 um you know and in um vermont i think they're um looking at um 33 of their workforce um, of their workforce, not of their population, but of their workforce is um, 33% or 65 to 75. So, wow. Um, hello, what? Like, but, like, well, especially since you're ever getting ever closer to that. Right. I am. I'm 50. creeping up on it. So, so I will say this when I was doing um, downtown revitalization and we relied so much on volunteers. I mean, we won awards because our volunteers were so amazing and we would go across the country and talk about how to get a really good, effective volunteer workforce. One of the secrets to my success with events was getting older volunteers. They worked harder. They were more reliable. They had more knowledge. They were better at, at dealing with people because they've been there and done that. And they don't sweat the small stuff. They know whether or not it's a skunk worth shooting. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to to hire older people so what are some of the sites so um oh i don't know i, I closed that tab out sorry oh, um man. i know but so it was hard to get just, good help. just search senior jobs and they pop right up so um i just have a, a live report in here yes um so my sister works for a government agency that manages banks i don't know if i can say it on the air but um say it um do it no but she works in an agency so okay um but they just um celebrated over 100 employees who just hit 35 years of service Wow. At the cake agency that manages banks. Um, so, uh, <laughs> is that, we have is a, that sirens? So, <laughs> is um, that a black SUV? Maybe. Yeah. Average, average tenure at that agency is 24 years. So, okay. You know, they, they have a. And then there's my uh, father in law who was at BWXT for 50 years and worked even beyond that. <laughs> yeah crazy yeah and they didn't want him to retire then right just right. he's a rock star over there both my parents have been at their same job for over 25 years and see it's just a different it's a generational thing yeah he would get so anxious every time his sons would switch jobs because that's not that wasn't his mindset right um, to him that was like a, a modicum of failure yeah because he had been where he was for so long well we've got halloween coming up guys and uh those little trick-or-treaters we're going to start seeing them a lot this weekend uh, as kids are preparing for trick-or-treating this month virginia dentists are sharing tips on how to avoid those halloween candy induced cavities 
They expect some generous hauls. More than $3 billion worth of candy is expected to be purchased this Halloween season. According to the National Retail Federation, 67% of people plan to pass out candies, according to the Virginia Dental Association. Dentists with the uh, association recommend the following tips when enjoying your Halloween candy. Brush your teeth or swish your mouth with water after every treat you enjoy. Do not consume candy throughout the day. Save it for a treat after a meal. That's not going to happen, probably. Avoid chewy or sour candies because they kind of stick in your teeth. And then look for dark chocolates that are lower in sugar. Because kids love nothing more than a nice, than a nice bitter chocolate. Bitter dark chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's second only to the raisins and yeah. the apple. And so brush your teeth or swish your mouth with water after a treat, which means to tell me that I am buying full-size candy bars this year. I was going to ask. I'm not doing the little treats. Do y'all do full-size? Um, I See, I have to solicit my children to come because I live out in the country. Right. But I have like I have like 10 trick-or-treaters coming this year. So they not only do they get full-size, they get bags they get treats with toys and things in Did them you go get them a mcdonald's happy meal bucket so that they you know they can feel that that joy that we felt as kids. That nostalgia yeah well maybe so let me ask you this when your kids were first of all did dylan like to trick-or-treat because he likes to go get candy he okay was, but he was very different with his costumes like he was like i'm gonna wear a suit and carry a nerf gun and i'm 007 kind <laughs> right, of thing, okay. right which of um, his candies did you steal what do you mean which (laughs) have you not heard (laughs) this is america have you gotten a paycheck there is a dad tax (laughs) that um, you must pay you must pay because i had to you know oh i want to be james bond well let me figure this out like oh good we got a suit oh it doesn't fit let's go get another one but that's why big enough so it's good enough for easter like right exactly um different things like that see i only took the twix I would take the Twix bars, so but I usually left for everything me, it's, else. It's the Reese's every uh, time. I had to protect mine. Um, but, <laughs> you had to hide them from your father. <laughs> but yes. the, uh, the what I love to see is like an almond joy or something like that, because most people don't like coconut. So it's right. like, oh, this is like a treasure. That was so. that, you can have mine. Uh, okay. Yeah, that that was not one of the more popular Halloween candies. Mike Norfield, visiting angels. Thanks for joining us today. You did Thanks a great job. Me. If you missed his interview on caring for aging parents, it was a good one. We'll have it up on SoundCloud. A little bit later on. Uh, have a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow for Come to the Table Tuesday. That's brought to you by Harvest Baptist Church, where they remind you it's time to be kind. And of course, our friends at Honey Baked Ham. 